I've got many verses in your notes, and I, did, did anybody not get a copy of the outline this morning? I think we've got them out. Uh, but if you would take your Bible, turn to Matthew 26, Matthew chapter 26. We're going to be looking at quite a few verses there in Matthew 26, but then you also have many of the verses right there in your outline that I've provided uh, in this lesson this, this week. There's a lot of warnings in the Bible. And, uh, you know, some of us do well when it comes to warnings, and others of us, uh, we, you know, it's like a lot of times us guys, we buy something and they tell you, read the directions before using it. And then uh, we never read the directions and we use it and something happens. And then we, we see that there was some kind of warning. You had to do this or this before you actually started to use it. But uh, by the way, Miss Carla's here. It's good to have Miss Carla back. And so Miss Carla came in for, uh, for a special event. And we're glad she's here. She left uh, the Joker back in Jacksonville. And so Brother Jerry, Brother Jerry's a wonderful guy. I tried to get him uh, to come on down, but he's he just too busy. But he, is, he said he's enjoying taking care of his father. So uh, continue to pray for him. And I'm glad Miss Carla's able to be there with us. But this is one of those passages where we've been studying Peter's life. And we've been talking about some of the struggles and the lessons that Peter's learned. How many of you are glad when somebody else learns the lesson for you, right? instead of you having to learn that lesson. And today I've entitled our Sunday School lesson, Take Heed. And the warning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And look at this verse, verse number 12. The Bible says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he what? Fall. Lest he fall. So I want you to think about this because in our lives, one of the greatest tools, and you know that Satan has a lot of tools in his arsenal. The devil knows what buttons to push in our lives. He knows what things to use in our lives because the flesh is weak. We give in to things. You can't blame the devil for everything. But one of the things I think the devil does use in our lives is his tool is to help develop an overconfidence in this matter of the life of a believer. In other words, we get to the place where we feel like I can do it. I can handle it. I don't need the Lord. Are you with me this morning? And, and a lot of us get that way in our lives, is we, we, we become overconfident. And when I look at Peter's life, I just want to preface by saying this, that Peter was a God-called and he was a God-gifted man, like many of you. God may not have called you into ministry, but remember, if you're saved, you are part of the elect according to the Word of God. And it's our responsibility to understand that God, by His Holy Spirit, has gifted us but let's make sure that we're not like Peter in this regard, that Peter got to the place, like I said just a minute ago, he became very overconfident in himself and what he would do and what he would not do. And Peter was uh, sure of himself. He was confident. Remember, remember this, and we'll get into it this morning. Peter says, look, although all others may deny you, Lord, I never will. That was his sentiment. You know, other people may do that, but I would never do that. We have to be careful in this area of saying never, because many times we end up doing the very thing that we said we would never do. But the Bible says, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. See, while we can only, and, and we can only do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth us. Peter was going to have to learn this lesson that we can only do those things through Christ. He's the one 
that strengthens us. How many of you need the Lord today? Anybody? Uh, every hand in here this morning. We all need the Lord in our lives. And so I want you to look at three aspects of Peter's life, this lesson that Peter had to learn. And I think it's a great lesson for us to learn today. And it begins with Peter's willing boastfulness. His willing boastfulness. Look at verse 33 of Matthew 26. The Bible says in verse 33, Peter answered and said unto him. Matter of fact, let's, let's back up to verse 31. Matthew 26, verse 31. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I... What's that word? Never. Peter says yet will I never be offended. I mean, Jesus is telling his disciples, his followers, those that had been with him, that had walked with him, that had seen what he could do as the Son of God, he, he told them that they would all be offended because of him, that they would all forsake him, that they would walk away from him. When Jesus was sharing, we just read here in, in verse 31, when Jesus read this, he was quoting what, the Old, Old Testament prophet Zechariah said in Zechariah 13 and verse number 7 where he says, smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. Well, who's the shepherd that he's talking about? He's talking about himself, right? And the sheep are his disciples, his followers. The Bible likens us to sheep. And what does God want us to do? He wants us to follow him. The sheep follow the shepherd. But the Bible says that Jesus tells them, hey, look, there's going to come a time shortly that I am going to be smitten. I am going to be crucified. And when that happens, you're all going to forsake me. You're all going to flee. But remember what Peter says? Peter says, although everybody else does that, I will never do that. That's what Peter said. His response was, not so, Lord. It's interesting that Jesus singled out Peter as Satan's target, and he warned him, and I think it's a warning to all of us, look, that all of us are robed in flesh. And we know that the flesh that we, we live in, that we daily live through, that this flesh is weak. You know, I mean, I'm going to struggle at Thanksgiving when I start seeing pumpkin pie, because the flesh is weak especially if there's a big tub of Cool Whip. I'm going to really have a hard time, you know. But, but the Bible says here that, that Peter, like us, was, gonna, was going to have a difficult time. Peter said that he would never be offended. Well, what did he say? Notice, first of all, he said that he would stand with Christ. I mean, folks, listen, it's one thing to say you're going to stand with the Lord, but it's a totally different thing to actually do it. See, a lot of people say, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm going to live for God. But a lot of times when difficulties come, it's not as easy to stand. Some of you go into your work uh, every week and you work among worldly people, ungodly people. And listen, it, it, God needs to give you strength, it, it, which Christ which strengtheneth me, 
you need his strength because if you're going to stand for the Lord, in other words, not just say you're a believer, but actually practice being a believer at work. And it's a difficult thing sometimes. The Bible says in Mark 14, 29, there in your notes, again, look at this. Peter said unto him, although all should be offended, yet will I not. Mark's account there, just like Matthew's account is, look, other people may forsake you. Other people may walk away. But Peter, you know what he had? He had, like a lot of us, he had good intentions. He wanted to do the right thing. He wanted to stand by Jesus' side. And the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians, it says, take unto you the whole armor of God. Now look at this. That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. I mean, look, in, back in the Old Testament times when they went into battle, you didn't go into battle without the armor. The helmet, the breastplate, uh, the protection that the Bible describes in the book of Ephesians. It was, it was crazy. Remember how they looked at David when David says he tried on Saul's armor and it was way too big for him? David says, I haven't proved this. I haven't used this in battle. And so he put it off and they kind of looked at David. They're like, you're going to go face this giant without any armor at all? And it, again, it was the Lord because all David had was his slingshot. And he just needed one stone to take the giant down. See, he did all things through Christ. David says that, that all the earth may know that there's a God in heaven. And see, Peter wanted to stand with Christ. He wanted to remain faithful to the Lord. Look at this statement here. George Duffield Jr. said as he wrote the song, some of the lyrics were, Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. That's what God needs us to do in this day and hour. Even when it gets difficult to be a Christian, it's to stand up for Jesus. And we need to consider the spirit in which we tell other people that we are a child of God. Because when we make that declaration to stand for the Lord, look, folks, it, it shouldn't be boastful. It should be really with a humble spirit. We should have the right spirit and attitude. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 27, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Folks, you don't know what you're going to face tomorrow. And the one thing for sure is, is that we need to stay faithful to the Lord. We need to stand with Christ. And Peter said that. He says, look, although everybody's going to forsake you, he says, I will never. He says, I'm going to stand with you. And then look at this next statement, letter B there is, he not only said he was going to stand with Christ, but that he would die with Christ. This is what Peter said. Luke 22, 33 he said, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. Peter was saying that, that I declare my loyalty to you, Lord, even if it means all the way to the end of my life. He loved the Lord that much. I stood and performed a wedding yesterday, and I looked at that bride and groom, and I said, for richer, for, for poorer, for better, for worse, till death do us part. And I always look at the bride and groom because a lot of times at that point in their life, I don't think they really understand that. But I, I know that my, my father has been struggling because of my mother's health, because of his health. 
They just celebrated this last Thursday 60 years together. And it, 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 was, a, it was a hard thing for my dad who could no longer take care of my mom and they had to make the decision to put my mom in a home. And my dad said to me with tears in his eyes, he said, son, I feel like I'm failing your mother because I told her till death do us part. I'm glad I got a dad that takes it that serious, that understands the severity of it. Peter says, Lord, I'm never going to leave you. I mean, if it's all the way to the end, he says, I love you. Where did Peter get that sentiment? Where did he get that, that, that magnitude of love? Well, he heard Jesus say in John 15, greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus was willing to lay his life down for sinners such as you and I. And Peter was saying the very same thing. And the question that I thought to myself is, if things got difficult, would I be willing to die for Jesus? You know, there are people who are every week of, of, of this, this year and many other years, there are people who have been martyred for the faith. I have a feeling that if the Lord tarries his coming, our faith may be tested in a greater way in the days ahead. All of us may be asked that question in our own hearts, am I willing to die for the Lord? It's kind of interesting when you study because tradition gives that Peter did finally, as many of our veterans that we'll celebrate today, Peter did finally pay the ultimate price when Peter was executed by Nero. Tradition says that Peter didn't feel worthy to be crucified like his Lord, that he was actually crucified upside down. Peter did finally give his life, but in these dark hours that we look at here in Matthew 26 and even in Mark's gospel and Luke's gospel this morning, it was during these dark hours in the time of Christ's arrest and his trial that you can understand that Peter was fearing for his life, just like the rest of the disciples. And if they could do this to Jesus, they could certainly do this to his followers. And Peter, just like us, was trying to figure out, am I going to keep my promise? And as you see in the passage this morning, he could not. The Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh, it's weak. I see Peter making a willing boastfulness, but notice, secondly, I see also in this account Peter's wavering boldness. I mean, we all know that Peter was the outspoken one. He was the one that oftentimes would say something and many times would stick his foot in his mouth. Peter was the one that, that many times would run ahead. And Peter, again, was very bold, but I want you to look back in verse 33 of Matthew chapter 26, and the Bible says again that Peter said unto the Lord, though all men should be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Now, don't miss the end of verse 35. Did you notice what it said? This wasn't just a conversation Peter had with Jesus. The other disciples said the same thing. 
they, it says right here, likewise also said all the disciples. But Peter in his life, you remember as we've looked in the past weeks, like for instance, the Mount of Transfiguration, that there were those three, Peter, James, and John, who had opportunity to be in certain places with Jesus, just the three of them. They call that the inner circle. Peter, in it, it, by this time in Matthew 26, right before Jesus is arrested, Peter has, has had an opportunity to go from the inner circle to where now he's afar off. He's no longer right there with the Lord. He's at a distance from God. And we need to remember in our lives, because I think many times I've seen and I've had a few times in my life where I was, I've been really close to the Lord, walking with the Lord, reading my Bible, having prayer time, things like that, attending services, just involved in the work of God. But then something begins to happen and maybe uh, the love that we have for him grows cold. And instead of being a part of the inner circle, we too find ourselves afar off. And that's where Peter was. Can I tell you, the farther we get from Christ, the more prone we are to do things and to say things that we probably would not do or say when we're in his presence. I think all of us are guilty of that. And that's what I see here. And I see it in a couple ways. First of all, I see his departure. Uh, Mark, Mark says it this way in ver chapter 14, verse 15. And they all forsook him and fled. That means everyone, including Peter. They all forsook him and fled. I mean, can you imagine how the Lord felt? These men that he hand-selected, that had been with him intimately for three, three and a half years, that those that were the closest to him were the ones that probably hurt him the most. That the Bible says they all forsook him. Look, when I think about what Jesus wants for us, he put it this way in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Well, if they forsook him and fled, they're not following the Lord. I see his departure. Uh, Peter later wrote these words, listen to this, for even hereunto were ye called because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. What kind of steps are we talking about? Jesus was willing to suffer. He was willing to give his life. He was willing to humble himself. But instead of doing that, I see Peter's departure. Notice also I see in his wavering boldness, his decision. Look in, in chapter 26 of Matthew Look at verse 58 this morning. The Bible says, But Peter followed him afar off under the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. I see this decision where when we decide, as I mentioned before, when we decide that we're not going to stay close to the Lord, when we're going to go from that inner circle to afar off, Oftentimes what we're doing is we're putting ourselves, if, let me just illustrate it this way. If I'm not with the Lord, guess what? I'm without the Lord. If I'm not with the Lord, then there's a good chance I'm going to be with someone else. If I'm not with the Lord, 
around someone that's godly, somebody that the Bible says iron sharpeneth iron, there's a good chance that I'm going to find myself in the company of those that actually are going in a different direction than the way the Lord would have me to go. Are you with me this morning? That's why there's safety in numbers. That's why it's important to be a part of a good church because as we are a part of the flock, listen, I'm not the shepherd of this church. I'm just the under-shepherd. The chief shepherd is Jesus. And we need to make sure we're following him. But Peter made a decision, and his decision was that he was, not, he was going to be afar off. He went over and just stood to watch to see the end. The Bible says, look at this verse, Proverbs 13. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Uh, this whole chapter, Proverbs chapter 1, you should read the chapter again, maybe in some of your, your private Bible reading, but I love the first verse, my, uh, verse 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Look, look at me for a second. Let's just practice. If somebody tries to get you to, to, from going in your life as a Christian to being with Jesus, to being afar off, here's what you say. No. Let's practice. No. Because the best place for you to be is with the Lord. See, Peter departed. I see his decision. The Bible says, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. I say a lot of times, good Christian people who see people that don't want to be with the Lord, and they think, and listen, I understand the thought process. They think a lot of times, well, if I move from here over here with them because I'm living for the Lord, that I can help them move from here to be with the Lord. Can I tell you, as the Bible just says here, evil communications corrupt good manners. You're not, listen, listen to me, you're not going to help them to get from here to here if you come over here. You stand a better chance of them coming to the Lord if you stay with the Lord. Are you with me this morning? There's been a lot of people who've made this decision, and the problem is because they made this decision, instead of them helping these people to the Lord, instead they got pulled down themselves. We have to understand evil communications corrupt good manners. The Bible says, What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Do you remember where Lot started? Do you remember where Lot ended? Do you know what came between those two things, where he started and where he ended? His decisions. See, he departed. He made a decision. Notice Peter, after his decision, came his denial. And that's, by the way, this is the same order. You mark it down. I'm not being a prophet this morning, but if you depart from the Lord and you make the wrong decision, what's going to happen is the next thing you're going to do, just like Peter did, you're going to make a denial. And that's what Peter did. He denied the Lord. Look in Matthew 26 again. The Bible says in verse number 69, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone in, out into the porch, another maid saw him, 
and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said unto Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thy speech bewrayeth thee. Then began he to curse and swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. Hey, can you imagine? This is Peter. Remember, to him that thinketh he stand, take heed lest he fall. Can I tell you that it could happen to any of us? Peter became overconfident in himself. We need to be careful about that because it's interesting how Peter's standing there and people began to recognize that he was with Jesus. He had been with Jesus. As a matter of fact, most of those people in that day, when they saw Jesus, guess who they saw with Jesus? Peter. Where do you get that from? Well, look in Acts 4.13 in your notes. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, they took knowledge of him, that they had been with Jesus. Here's a thought this morning. Do you ever think to yourself, the people that you work around, people that know you, do they think that about you? Wow, he's been with Jesus. He's walking with the Lord. I pray that that would be said of all of us that we have that kind of walk with the Lord. Peter and John, these two guys in Acts 4, they were going into the temple in Acts 3 for the hour of prayer. They, they were the same two that followed Jesus into the palace. And these people had noticed that they had been with the Lord, but Peter was learning from this instance that he was here standing afar off and later on in his life, and I apologize, but I gave you the wrong reference there, but I want you to notice, not in 1 Peter 3.15, but Peter wrote later on in 2 Peter 3.15, and here's what he wrote, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you, but notice these words, with meekness and fear. Now, you know what that means? That means that as a Christian, and by the way, nobody knows all the Bible, nobody has all the answers. But I will tell you this, that when somebody would say to you, hey, you're one of his disciples. I saw you with him. I saw you the other day sitting at your desk with your Bible open. Instead of saying, I don't know the guy. I don't know Jesus. I'm not a Christian. Instead of saying that, say, well, as a matter of fact, I am. As a matter of fact, can I tell you what the Lord's done in my life? Can I tell you how he's changed me? How he picked me up out of the miry clay? He set my feet upon a rock. He established my goings. He's put a new song in my mouth. You see, that's what this world needs to hear. Instead of, I don't know him. I'm not a Christian. 
You say, how do you get to that place? You depart. You go from the inner circle of being with Jesus to following him afar off. You make bad decisions. Find yourself around people that are going to bring you down instead of help you up. And then you're going to start denying. Isn't it interesting? Peter began to curse and swear. I will tell you this, when I got saved at the age of 20, my vocabulary changed. God cleaned me up. He put some new, new words in my mouth and in my heart. It's, it's just amazing, the, the, the pattern here. Look, if Peter would have stayed close to the Lord, listen to me now, if Peter would have stayed here, I really believe he would have never denied the Lord. I, I just listen when somebody's with the Lord when somebody is in sweet fellowship with the Lord I don't think there's going to come a time where they're going to deny him but he did it when he was over there I see his denial after his decision and we need to understand that just like Peter when when times like that come in our lives as a Christian we'll never forget those decisions and what Peter did was he strayed from the Lord because of a wavering boldness. Oh yeah, Peter was bold. But his boldness began to waver. And remember, Jesus was God. He predicted it. He says, you're going to hear the cock crow this night. And Peter heard it. And I want you to see the third thing is, when Peter heard that cock crow, notice Peter's weeping bitterness. His weeping bitterness. Look at verse 75, the last verse of Matthew 26, Peter, when he heard that cock crow, Peter remembered the word. Notice it doesn't say words. He remembered the word of Jesus, which Jesus said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. He went out and wept bitterly. I mean, just like Peter, I think all of us, from time to time, we'll stumble in our Christian life. And there may be even times where, like Peter, we'll fall. This is what happened to him. Look at Proverbs 24, 16. For a just man, notice what kind of man? Just. A just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Look, folks, can I tell you this morning, it is imperative. That's a command. It's imperative for Christians that when we fall, not if, when we fall, that we can get up again. We can get up again. Well, how can we do that? Because Christ helps us up. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth us. I'm not talking about getting up in our own strength. And, and here's the best part. When the Lord helps us up, guess what's going to happen? God will still use us. Let me say it again. Did God use Peter? Did God use Peter, yes or no? Did Peter fall? God still used him, didn't he? Don't you let the devil get you to think, because of maybe something you've had in your past, that God could never use you. Because here's a great example right here. I could give you many others. David, Moses. I could go on and on in the Bible. We all know, we've all read those stories of people who have fallen, 
But the Bible says, a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. See, when Peter heard those words, notice letter A, his remembrance. Uh, Luke records it this way. He said, the Bible says, the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Can you, listen, can you imagine what it would have been like to be there and to be Peter, and when the cock crows, that the Lord turned and he made eye contact with Peter? Can you even imagine that? I mean, I've had times where I've disappointed my father, I've disappointed people, and I see that look. I mean, I, I've done a lot of things as a husband. My wife's given me that look a lot. But none of those looks in this life will ever compare to the look when Jesus, who was in him, was the fullness of the Godhead bodily, when he turned and looked at Peter. He didn't have to say a word. He just looked, and Peter remembered the words. See, it brought about in Peter's life, that look brought about repentance. It brought about restoration. Say, how do you know that? Look what Peter did after this. He rose up again. God helped him. God restored him because he repented of what he had done. It's a wonderful thing, folks. Listen, it's a wonderful thing when we remember God's words. That's why you need to be in the Bible. To remember what the Lord has said. Aren't you glad that the Bible is full of promises from God? How about this one? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a great promise right there. Those promises, we sing the song, standing on the promises, I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. We need the promises. We need to remember the words of the Lord. Why? The Bible says, the entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Through, the, through thy precepts, I get understanding. Look, when we read the Bible, we, we begin to understand God's will for our lives. We begin to understand what the Lord wants for us. By the way, we begin to understand how God wants to still use us, even when we've fallen. The Bible says, therefore, I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A wise Christian, you know what a wise Christian will do? A wise Christian will ask the Lord to bring his words, maybe what you read this morning, into your daily remembrance. God, help me to remember what I read. That's where the, the scriptures help us because when we're weak, the scriptures will strengthen us. They will help us. And I see his remembrance, but I also see his remorse. And again, in verse number 75, the Bible says he went out and he wept bitterly. First of all, the Bible says he went out. That means, look here, Peter was over here. He was afar off, just watching till the end. But the Bible says he went out. He didn't stay there. When he saw that look from the Lord, he moved from where he was. Maybe he went back this direction. But the Bible says that he, he went off by himself. Uh, listen, somebody said a long time ago, divided loyalties. Divided loyalties are destructive to the Christian life. 
No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Divided loyalties. See, after Peter separated himself from the wrong company, Peter then, he remorsefully repented. The Bible says he wept bitterly. He was, listen, he knew in his heart that he had shamefully failed the Lord. And the Bible says God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Peter repented. The Bible says as David approached the Lord, after David's sin of going into Bathsheba, the Bible records in Psalm 34, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. He saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. He healeth the broken in heart. He bindeth up their wounds. Folks, listen, it's a wonderful thing to see, like even in Peter's life, when Peter came to the full realization of his sin, he realized what he had done, and here's the best part, God forgave him for it. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? All unrighteousness. See, God forgave him and God went on to use Peter. And listen, Peter was not, you know, in his life, remember, he, he made that statement. You know, although everybody else would leave you, I'd never do that, Lord. Peter really wasn't prepared for the impact of what happened in his life. And I think, again, sometimes that's what Satan will do is Satan will play on that. Peter was bold many times and, and Satan saw an opening there and he says, listen, I think I could take this guy in his boldness and I think I can help him to become overconfident where he, he can think that he can, he can do everything on his own, that he would never deny the Lord. But again, we have to remember that our strength is not in ourselves. Our strength comes from the Lord. God strengthens us. And when we fall, and we will, we have to learn from our mistakes and learn the fact that the Lord will forgive us because the Bible tells us God is faithful. He forgives us. God restores us. And the best part is God can use us for His kingdom. So here's the warning this morning. He that thinketh he standeth, be careful, take heed lest he fall. You see, that's the warning for all of us. And the safest place for us to be is right here with the Lord. Let's make sure that's where we are today and every day of our lives as a Christian. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you'd bless this day. Thank you for the word of God this morning, how it encourages us that even though Peter fell, you were able to help him up and you were able to restore him and use him. And I know personally, and I know others probably could say the same thing in their lives. There's been times where they've moved from being with you in that inner circle to being afar off. Lord, help us to not depart. Help us not to make bad decisions. Lord, help us to most of all to never deny you. May our confidence be in you, our strength in you. Now, Lord, bless the service in just a few moments. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.